Welcome back to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. In today's edition of the program, a conversation with Bill Neiman, founder and operations director of Native American Seed, a company that's dedicated to preserving and restoring land so that natural processes can take over and the ecosystem can become sustainable for future generations. I really believe in the mission of Native American Seed. I drove out to Junction, Texas to meet Bill and found him fascinating. Bill is passionate about what he does, as is his wife, his son, and daughter. Interestingly, both Bill's son, Weston, and daughter, Emily, work for Native American Seed, and they strongly believe in the values that lead to sustainability of the earth. Bill grew up in Texas and started his own landscaping company at the tender age of 19 in Flower Mound, which is near Dallas. He built the business into a thriving nursery and landscaping company in the 1970s, serving homeowners who were flocking to Texas because there were jobs here, and land. The land was being developed relentlessly into subdivisions with manicured lawns and exotic trees and shrubs. And Neiman's company was benefiting from this until a day in 1980 when during the summer there had been no rain for 100 days and the temperatures were soaring. The landscapes that Bill had installed were turning brown, and those exotic plants, which were not meant to grow here, wrong place, wrong plant, were dying as water restrictions were imposed. For Bill, this was a turning point, and the experience led him to what has become his passion. Bill, I'd like to welcome you to Mothering Earth. Uh, there's no way I can do justice to your story, so I'm going to ask you to tell us um, about your very first business when you were 19, and um, and then what happened to you, uh, I guess, shortly after that, um, in terms of converting you to looking at landscaping in a wholly different way. Thanks for the invitation to appear on your program. I've always had this, uh, this developing love of plants. At Sunday school, we were taught how to sprout seeds, where you take a moist towel and wrap it up and soak it, and a seed sprouted. I had a corn seed that was in a little paper cup that I brought home from Sunday school that I had sprouted there and then planted it in my backyard. I was probably on my ninth birthday. I had a party of kids running around the yard and chasing and tackling and doing what kids do at parties. It was in late spring the last day of May, and my corn plant, to me, at that age, looked like it was maybe eight feet tall. It was taller than I was. And another boy ran over it and fell and broke it down. And I cried. I can imagine. Yeah. I would, too. <laughs> oh. Age 19, I borrowed a shovel and a rake and a lawnmower 
and uh, advertise in this small rural town that I had kind of tried to get back to my roots towards the Blacklands, away from El Paso, in Denton County, and this small community called Argyle, Texas. 800 people live there. And uh, I had become friends with this guy that was the garbage man. He was an independent, family-run garbage business of picking up the garbage in Argyle and the surrounding small little towns around uh, Denton County, the southern part of Denton County. So he loaned me this shovel and a rake and his lawnmower, and I made a little teeny flyer that I put into their monthly billings, of their garbage billings, and uh, advertised total outdoor care. And people called me, and I began working, taking care of people's land. I remember my first job was to stop some land that was eroding and build a retaining wall. I remember making my first loan for $300 at a bank to buy a chainsaw. And one thing led to the other. Pretty soon, through a lot of really focused, intensive, persistent, hard work, ended up building a nursery in Flower Mound, Texas. And at the peak of its day, we had 45 employees there. And we're doing projects all over the DFW Metroplex and some beyond. And we had actually transformed ourselves into a design-build landscape construction company and a nursery. I had greenhouse production, a small tree farm, as well as container production. I, I had this very innocent intention of cleaning up behind the bulldozers and making the land more beautiful. And we had a nursery chock full of plants, many, many of them that I had produced myself. The names of the plants were things like Chinese holly, Asian jasmine, India hawthorn, Japanese boxwood, Pakistan crepe myrtle, Caribbean St. Augustine, African Bermuda grass. The list was quite extensive. And people kind of were in love with that because it sounded a little bit exotic. In fact, isn't it true we want those things that we perceive are from faraway lands that maybe set us apart. Although in today's world of massive corporate homogenization, nobody is set apart from anything, really, especially in the landscaping of using these 
So we all have the same exotics. Yeah. And now you can't tell the difference between Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Dallas, Texas, or El Paso, Texas. Right. From we've in 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 a certain way we erased our local identity, our local culture, our local landscape in this rush towards progress. And this whole scene wrapped up in the American lawn of keeping up with the Joneses. The real turning point came in the summer of 1980. We had 100 degrees for 100 days with no rain. These outlying once were small towns, now becoming burgeoning suburbs, all had their own little municipal water supplies based on wells, groundwater coming through deep wells, and they couldn't keep up. And they began to have water rationing, watering bans, at the same time, particularly Flower Mound and that North Dallas kind of push where the, the influence and, and the, 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 the money was so heavy and people invested so much in these landscapes. I mean, I, even I invested in helping them bring that to the max. I was a licensed irrigation designer. We had nine guys. That's all they did was build sprinkler systems to go with these complex allies. Uh, let's put it this way. They were complex in a way that required a lot of maintenance. A lot of inputs, not very sustainable. Supplemental water, supplemental fertilization, and then because these plants are from foreign lands, they just couldn't sustain the local climate. I came to learn that 70% of the drinking water in Texas is used on the landscape. You're listening to Mothering Earth, and it's time for a station break. <laughs> 